Hey guys, Studio Steve here. Just wanted to pop in before this awesome episode all about the legalities of podcasting and remind you that our weekly episodes have now been moved to bi-weekly. Every other week, however, you can find premium episodes available only to our patrons at our Overachievers Club at patreon.com. You can find that by visiting podsoundschool.com slash support us. Over there this season, we're going to be focusing on monetizing, email marketing, all the ways that you can take your podcast up that next notch and start turning a profit with it. And all right, that's enough for me. Here's the episode. Imagine you've been creating and producing your podcast for months. You bought a URL with the name of your podcast and created a website. You also created social media accounts for your podcast and started building your community. Imagine you've been creating and putting episodes for months or years, and all of your efforts are finally paying off because your show is getting discovered, bringing new revenue, and opening doors for new opportunities. Just to one day get a letter in the mail or an email with a formal request to not use the name of your podcast anymore. Or imagine how upsetting it would be for you to find out that someone else has been copying, distributing, and getting credit from a podcast episode you created, a blog you wrote, or content you created for your social media. Or maybe you're on the other end of the spectrum and you've been using people's words or creations in your podcast episodes without getting the appropriate consent or including audio clips and music that you don't own the rights to. The consequences of either scenario can be very costly, cause major setbacks, and drag us into legal disputes. This is why it's so important for us podcasters to get familiar and learn the basics of intellectual property so we can protect our intangible but very important assets and make sure that we're also giving credit to other creators like us. So I came across Taylor Timmon on social media a few months ago, and I've been following her since. Taylor is an attorney in LA who decided to leave the corporate world to help entrepreneurs, business owners, and podcasters like us to be in compliance with the different laws involving intellectual property and the creation and operation of businesses. I had been working in a bunch of different types of law firms. And I think ultimately, my last law firm, I was helping my clients. They were suing bigger businesses. It was very consumer protection based. And while working there, I started on the side kind of helping my friends that did own businesses. And I saw that the lack of just general legal knowledge for anyone that's running a business, including something like a podcast, because a podcast is technically a business. So I think those two things just coincided right at the at the right time. And I was like, 
people running businesses just don't have the knowledge and it's it's not their fault it's it's just because a big huge company can afford to have an in-house attorney and they're going to be working for you 40 plus hours a week letting you know legal issues might be running into but a small business or somebody running a podcast maybe just starting out they don't have the funds they don't have the means to have an attorney all the time there is so much to learn when we're starting something new. Starting a podcast or a business comes with a steep learning curve of new skills and knowledge. We tend to focus on the things that are palpable, like our creation and growing, and too often forget about building a solid structure that will protect us from future liabilities because we have limited funds and time. But having a basic understanding of intellectual property is a must if you're in the field of podcasting. Intellectual property can be confusing and hard to grasp. This is why I decided to start my interview asking Taylor to define intellectual property for us. And also whether a podcast is considered intellectual property. Podcasts do fall into the category of IP. IP or intellectual property is a little hard to explain sometimes because it's not always tangible and when we say mm -hmm. tangible we mean like something you can touch so if you're thinking about property usually people when they think property they think like oh my car a house things I own intellectual property is also something that you own but instead you've created it on your own and there's a couple different types of intellectual property there's trademark copyright patents and trade secrets I don't deal with patents. You have to be a very special type of attorney to deal with patents. But podcasts do fall into the intellectual property category because you can, and there's a couple of different ways you can protect your podcast itself. But I would say that there's ways you can protect your podcast in the trademark world and in the copyright world. So when you are recording a podcast, like, or even, I guess right now we're recording something mm -hmm. and if you take like an affirmative action to record something and make something and it is yours, you can protect that. So you can protect your podcast episodes. You can also protect your podcast name because that's associated with your brand and mm -hmm. your business. There's lots of different ways you can protect your podcast, but yes, it does fall in the intellectual property category as something you can protect and own and make money off of. <laughs> When we create our podcast, we use different materials, music, information, and the words of other people. If we create original content for our shows, we're somehow protected. However, issues may arise when we start incorporating third-party materials. For example, sound or video tracks, articles and other copyrighted material, and guests' interviews. This is why it's important to know how trademark, copyright, and publicity rights apply to podcasting. Generally, trademark law protects things that are associated with your brand. So when you're thinking about protecting something under trademark or if something is protected under trademark or should be protected, things that are like directly associated with your brand or your podcast, so like your your actual podcast name, or if even if you have your own like side business, but your podcast has a different name, you can still protect your podcast name, or even like your logo for your podcast. All those things are directly associated with your brand, so you can protect those things under trademark. 
Mm-hmm. Copyright is a little different. Copyright protection protects things that you've created that sometimes maybe aren't as associated with your brand. Podcast episodes, the ones that you've recorded are a really good example of things you can protect. So say you have like a couple seasons already released and somebody's like for some reason like taking clips of your episodes and you're mad about it, you need to make sure that you've protected them the right way to be able to do something about it. And the the line between trademark and copyright often gets blurred because you're protecting your intellectual property, uh, but the, the laws for trademark and copyright are different. So it's advisable to talk to an attorney, see if, if you have a question about like, how do I protect this one thing? An attorney is going to be able to tell you the best law to use to protect it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as far as publicity rights, I'm in California, so I can speak to California law, but generally publicity rights are things like the rights that we have as a person to our name, our image. Um, so that includes like photos of us, um, anything to do with our likeness. So basically anything to involved with me as a person, my name, how I'm, I'm coming off. Like if you have a video recording of me, if you have an image of me, you're not going to necessarily be able to use those things. Or I could potentially sue you if you have not had me release my rights to those things. Mm-hmm. So like I couldn't just go take a photo of someone on the street and then slap it on a box of candy and use it to promote or market the candy because I don't have rights to use their mm-hmm. their photo or their image or their likeness. That does get a little tricky with like celebrities. But for, but when we're dealing with podcasts, if you're lucky enough to be dealing with celebrities, that's that's a different story. But it's really important to make sure that you, if you're interviewing guests on your podcast, you want to make sure that you've discussed with them and had them release their rights to their name, their likeness, etc. Because sometimes down the line, it can be an issue. It takes some effort to find the perfect guest for your podcast. There's usually some back and forth messages or emails, scheduling and researching involved. We get so excited about the interview that sometimes we forget to ask for consent or we're not aware we should be asking for consent. But what form of consent is required? Is a recording of my guest giving me consent to publish the interview enough? If you have recorded consent, that's typically fine. It depends on your state. California, here, we have to have both parties consent. So I like to tell my clients to get it ahead of time in writing so that you know, so that the other party doesn't like not know that it's recording. So you have it like in writing ahead of time because sometimes contracts could look manipulated on a PDF, but sometimes like video can get manipulated. So, you know, if you have to take that to a judge and be like, no, they knew they were getting recorded. And if your video is like choppy, I could be like, uh, I didn't say that you could, and I think you edited this. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it's just safer to have it in writing. But I know that a lot of people do it on video or do it on the audio recording. Some states, there's a lot of them that only require the person recording to know that you're recording. But California, we have to have both people consenting to it. So let's say we got consent from our guest to record, edit, and publish the interview. But what about the other stuff that comes after the interview? 
the different materials we need from our guests to promote the interview, like pictures and images. And what is the scope of the use of these materials? In other words, am I allowed to publish these materials on my social media and website? Can I use the guest image and likeness for purposes not related to the episode? We can use us, for example. Just because I've posted something on social media doesn't mean that you can now go use it. I still own the rights to that photo. Sometimes my photographer actually owns the rights to those photos. Mm -hmm. So I, I have to get permission to use those photos to pass along for like promotional materials. But yeah, if you're if you have a podcast and you want to like post about the guests that you just interviewed, do not just take their photo. You need to ask them. So it's good practice to just ask ahead of time if they have a photo that you that you can use to promote them. And also That is a good thing to have in your release form for your podcast because you're asking them to basically say it's okay to use their photo to promote the episode however you want. So in an email, if you ask me ahead of time, can I use your photo to promote the episode? I may be thinking like, yeah, for just this episode, maybe you're going to post it once. Mm -hmm. But if you go and advertise that episode on like TV or something, another sort of platform or media, mm -hmm. I might be like, what the heck? That's where mm -hmm. in the release, you want to have the person that you're interviewing release all of their rights to basically any way that you can be using that photo later on. Because I do have, I have some clients that were concerned because they want to use their podcast episodes later on, perhaps in like a documentary. Mm -hmm. So that's like a whole nother project. Mm -hmm. So they needed to have the interviewee release their rights in perpetuity, which means like all of their rights for mm -hmm. everything. With so many different genres of podcasts covering different subjects and using different formats, this got me thinking whether a standard one-size-fits-all release form found on the internet can be sufficient to protect the rights and obligations of both parties. I know that there's a lot of templates online. Some of them are drafted by attorneys, some of them are not, but the most important reason to have an attorney look at your form or your release form is because they are going to be able to talk to you about exactly what your podcast is doing, exactly where you maybe want to take your podcast, how you're advertising your podcast, and they're going to be able to tailor the agreement for mm -hmm. you properly instead of you just guessing like, oh, hey, maybe this might work. Somebody else is using it. I mean, nine times out of 10, people get away with it. But if you are planning to grow your podcast, which I'm assuming everybody's trying to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you hit that point where you have enough people listening and maybe your interviewee was like a little uncomfortable with something at some point, especially a lot of podcasts are top talking about like sensitive issues right now. It's just really good to have a release form in case something happens. I've seen a lot of podcasts that are talking about very sensitive topics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the podcast interviews turn into like a conversation. So sometimes your guest kind of like forgets you're being recorded mm -hmm. and then they hear it later and they freak out and they're like, mm -hmm. um, I don't like that. And if you have something in writing, you can say, well, you know, respectfully, you sign this so I can do whatever I want with this. The more I got into this interview with Taylor, the more I was getting worried. We had been using the name of our podcast for close to nine months And the thought of filing a trademark had not even crossed my mind. 
I started thinking what it would happen if somebody else decided to create a podcast under the same name. Or even worse, if somebody decided to trademark the name forcing us to stop using it. What would happen to the Bad Sound School and the time and money we have invested into our show? You can get into a, a lot of legal trouble if you've especially taken somebody else's podcast name or you've named your podcast something so similar to someone else's that they can, it depends on if they've registered their name or not, but they can actually either maybe file a lawsuit against you or ask you to stop using your podcast name. There's so many podcasts. So you thinking like, maybe they won't find me. Like they're, they're probably going to find you. If they mm -hmm. have a Google alert on their own name for their podcast, they're going to see that you have a podcast with the same name. So it's just a really good idea to, while you're searching around to see if anybody has the name that you want, also do a comprehensive trademark search because that will show you if anybody actually owns that name. The United States Patent and Trademark Office, or the USPTO, is the government agency responsible, among other things, for issuing trademark registrations. Within the USPTO website, you can conduct a search using the name of your podcast to see if it has been registered already. After this interview, I went to the website and tried to do a research myself. There were so many categories and classifications that I soon found myself overwhelmed and completely lost. Yeah, you can you can do it by yourself, but I don't advise you to do it by yourself. The USPTO, which is the US Patent and Trademark Office, they have an online search to check the database. But if you don't know how to search and you don't know what you're searching for, and it's not just the same name that you're using, because you want to make sure that nobody else is using a similar name to what you're using, even because that goes outside the podcast world. Because if you have a trademark registered for something that's not necessarily a podcast, but say you have like a YouTube channel, if you have a registered trademark, the class or classification that your trademark is registered in is the same class as podcasts. So mm -hmm. maybe you could be naming your podcast something and somebody else with a YouTube channel has the exact same name and they've registered the trademark. If they're similar enough, if you have, if you're talking about the same stuff and you have the same audiences, they can come after you and ask you to stop using the name. Mm -hmm. They can try, but it'll depend on the law, but they can still try. So it's mm -hmm. good because you're not just thinking about, you know, all the other podcast names. There's different forms of media that are so similar to podcasts that some people maybe are on those and they don't have a podcast, but they have a registered trademark for what they're doing. And if you're using the exact same name as them, you're going to run into a problem down the line. So before I finished my interview with Taylor, I wanted to get some clarification on questions that we get asked a lot. Questions that relate to using music and other copyrighted material on podcast episodes. I tell my podcast clients, just use the music that you can buy. All those websites, you can just buy music for your podcast specifically. Just do that. Don't like, I would not use like regular music you hear on the radio in your podcast because you can get in trouble for that. Again, sometimes it depends on how big you get, but all it takes is somebody hearing your podcast episode and either they own that song or they like know somebody that owns that song and they're like, oh, this is a quick lawsuit, quick money. Mm -hmm. Just just use the music that you can buy specifically for your podcast. 
more popular songs are going to cost you a lot mm -hmm. of money if that person feels like licensing you the rights to use that song in your podcast episode. But say you have a friend that's in a band and they've recorded some music and maybe you want to use that and they agree and they're like, yeah, cool. I'm going to get some, I'm going to get maybe notice off of this, like get that in writing, get a license to use their music because mm -hmm. If your podcast hits it big and they haven't yet, they're going to be like, hey, that's my music. You mm -hmm. used it. Like, I own it. Stop using it. You know, seen people mm -hmm. put a disclaimer like, I don't own the rights to this music, which to me is like, you're flat out saying you don't own the rights and you're still using it anyway. So that's an easy lawsuit right there. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, there are situations where you can use copyrighted material and you can be protected under the fair use doctrine but the fair use doctrine is a defense to a lawsuit if you were to get sued so mm -hmm. it's not like you have the right to use that material it's more mm -hmm. like okay if you end up getting sued for using this here's my defense but mm -hmm. you still are going to get sued for it oh. and you still are going to have to face that stress so I think, I think there's a common misconception about the idea of fair use and people think it's like, oh, it's my right to use this because I fall within this fair use category. Like, no, it's not your right to use it. It's that person's right because they made it and that's your defense to a lawsuit. And do you really want to be in that position where you're like trying to defend how you use something at the point that you paid an attorney, God knows how much money to, to defend your lawsuit. <laughs> After my interview with Taylor, I was ready and convinced it was time for us to start the process to register the Bad Sound School with the USBTO and get our trademark. We're constantly telling our audience to think of their podcast as a business. So I decided to set an example and put on my big girl pants and got Taylor on board. While the process of trademarking is a bit costly, it's a necessary investment, especially if you've been podcasting the right way and your show is showing promise. There are many legal services, memberships, and legal document templates that Taylor provides to podcasters. I'll let her tell you about them, and of course, I'll leave the links in this episode's description. Also, Taylor was generous enough to offer Pod Sound School listeners 10% of her legal templates. Among those is the guest release form if you use the promo code PODSOUND10. It's all one word and the number 10. So I am on Instagram all the time. <laughs> My Instagram handle is Taylor, T A Y L O R M. Teeman, T-I-E-M-A-N underscore E-S-Q. Mm -hmm. And I'm on there a lot. I also have a website with all my services and, and information. It's www.ttmanlaw.com or my email is just taylor at ttmanlaw.com. I also offer some contract templates, agreement templates on my website. Included in that is a podcast release form. So if you are interested in that and you have guests and you're like, oh shoot, I need this. It's not too late. Go grab one. You can even, sometimes you can even have your former guests sign, but you just have to like reword the date and what they signed for. So if you're like, oh no, I've been interviewing guests for a really long time without having them sign, you can still have them sign. You just have to like word it in the right way. Go grab that. And then I also, I just launched a legal services subscription and it's called Legal Miga. And it's essentially you pay a monthly fee 
to get email access to me whenever you need it. So if you ever have any sort of legal question about your podcasts or even just your business, I do also help small businesses and uh, freelancers, entrepreneurs. So if you have any legal sort of question, you can shoot me an email and I will answer you within 48 hours. Um, and I'll let you know, you know, what's going on, kind of what you need. If we think we need to escalate this to like an agreement or a project, or if it may just be like research-based, we can focus on what you need to to have research. But you do get that with the base level tier and then the higher two tiers actually include document review for you. Mm -hmm. So if you're a podcaster and you're frequently having guests sign your podcast release, you can just shoot it over to me and I will make sure that it looks good for your guest, so that you don't have to worry about like, is this okay? Is this podcast guest like they're doing some different stuff? You can just let me know like if you're doing something different with the guest and I'll make sure to put it in there and we can shoot it out to them. And then if you're also part of the membership, you do get between 10 and 15% off of all of my legal services. So there you go, podpreneurs. Keep your legal affairs in order. Start thinking about trademark, copyright, release forms. Make sure that you protect your name and all the hard work that you've been doing. And don't forget, you can get a discount on Taylor's legal templates by entering the promo code PODSOUND10. And we will be leaving the links to that in this episode's description. So make sure you check the show notes for that. Next week, you'll find a very helpful premium episode all about email marketing available at our Patreon page. You can find that by visiting podsoundschool.com slash support us. Also, if you haven't joined us over at our Facebook group, Podcasting for Bosses, come on over and do that. We'd love to see you there. And of course, don't forget to stop by on Wednesdays for your weekly dose of Podbits. We do that every Wednesday. We actually record the episode live every week. You can come and find us at 12 p.m. Mountain Standard Time over on our Twitter account. Okay, guys, until next time, keep up the good work and happy casting. Yeah.